0: Our epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. This is our sermon text today. Paul writes, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Believe it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning our ongoing study of the New Testament book of Romans. We are in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. For the first 11 chapters of his letter to the Roman congregation, Paul has brilliantly revealed the plan of God since the creation of the world to make our world right by bringing The kingdom of God, which is the world put right into our moment in time by his grace alone. That is his unmerited, unlimited love through faith alone in Jesus alone. And so remarkable is God's plan for this world that Paul dissolves into words of wonder at the end of chapter 11 You recall, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways, for from Him and through Him and to to Him are all things, to Him be glory forever. Amen. But Paul doesn't then leave us up in the clouds with our mouths gaping open. No, he brings us back down to earth and he says, if all that I have said to you is true and it is, what difference does it make in your life? Now, Pastor Sam brilliantly last week opened this up and started us down the path by reciting what Paul wrote next, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices. And and he referenced a quote that I had heard somewhere along the way in my ministry, didn't know exactly who to attribute it to. I did a little Google search and it appears that perhaps it was the evangelist D.L. Moody, of of Moody Bible Institute fame but I actually heard it the first time from another great preacher recently called home to heaven Timothy Keller and here's how he said it we're called to be living sacrifices but the problem with living sacrifices is that they keep crawling off the altar You see, the old sacrifices were no problem. You killed it, and that was it, and they burned it, and it was over. A living sacrifice means that every day, every hour, every moment, right now, you have to deliberately, consciously, continually, and perpetually offer yourself to him. It is constant. It's never over. It is intense. You are not living the Christian life unless you put to death the idea that you have a right to live as you choose. And then Keller, who did most of his ministry in New York City, said, I can't believe that I'm actually saying this in the middle of America. I cannot believe that I'm actually pointing out to you that there probably has never been a culture in the history of the world more averse to the very essence of what it means to live a Christian life. Now, Paul doesn't just throw this living sacrifice idea out there and leave us guessing about what that's supposed to look like, how that's supposed to work. He actually gave us the formula last week. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then in the lesson for today, Paul lays that out. He lays out the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God in some detail to get us thinking. Am I being conformed to the world or am I changing Am I actually longing and and striving in view of God's mercy, His forgiveness and love for me in Jesus to be transformed? Look, in today's Lesson: Paul is going to get down to the nitty-gritty application of being a living sacrifice by focusing our attention on two separate arenas, two separate communities in which we all live. The first one, he's going to apply to the community of faith, to the church, to this congregation, to the people who are sitting next to you this morning. And then he's going to turn around and look out from here into the community in which we live. So here's his starting summary statement for living in both of these arenas. Now, I found it interesting that the word genuine in the Greek is literally translated unhypocritical. (laughs) Be unhypocritical in other words you cannot fake this you cannot be a phony who goes around pretending to be polite and helpful and warm toward others while secretly despising them but God created the world and when he was finished he looked at all that he had made and he said it is very good Now that goodness consisted of loving the Lord your God, the creator of all things, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all of your strength, and then loving everything else God created as a precious gift given to us by him. Evil, on the other hand, is setting your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength on anything else other than God, as the source of your happiness and your security, which is, of course, what Adam and Eve did when they listened to the lie of Satan. You can be like God. And evil entered into God's good creation, and it caved humanity in on itself. It turned us inside out. So that instead of being God-centered, we are now inherently self-centered. The thrill, the the excitement of wanting to be the person that God created me to be, that God created you to be, turns life into a richly satisfying daily adventure. Somebody once called it the Jesus adventure. (laughs) It is a heart that has been awakened to the power of life in Christ. Now I want you to look at this text and I want you to begin to see what we are capable of in Christ. First of all, let's look within this community, within this congregation, within this people who are sitting in the room today, the people sitting all around you. Now, I suspect, and I don't want you to have any doubt, that I could preach a sermon on every single one of those. (laughs) But I suffice it to say today... That Paul is describing what someone has called a a, a covenant relationship. A covenant relationship is where you devote yourself, you commit yourself to one another, even when you don't feel like it. (laughs) Look, you are not here only for what you can get. You are here, even more importantly, for what you can give. But for us to be truly a community like that would be so spectacular that it might even accomplish what Vicar Rob preached two weeks ago and make others jealous for what we have. Now I have often bemoaned the fact that Sunday morning worship is often a gathering where we all dress up and pretend like nothing is wrong. And guess what? The bigger this worship gathering gets, the easier it is to come and go anonymously. And if you look out across the landscape of American Christianity people, we are in danger of drinking the Kool-Aid of this culture, of rugged American individualism. Mixed with radical divisiveness where we marginalize anyone who uses the little code words that identify them as either conservative or liberal. Believe me, it cuts both ways and then we label those people as extremists so that we can dismiss them and hang out with people who think like us. Now, I will confess to you that I have never figured out what the solution is. But I am more convinced than ever in this time and in this place that it will not simply happen automatically in an hour spent together once a week. Spiritual formation is one of our primary strategies for this organization looking forward people and it is more than accumulating biblical and historical and systematic theological facts. Covenant relationships require an investment of time spent together in each other's lives. So do you have a small group of fellow followers of Jesus that you meet with to support and to encourage and to challenge one another? Have have you thought about joining or even better yet leading a catalyst to small group here at St. Luke's people? Because without that kind of community around us, we will never achieve the rest of this text. Paul now turns to look outward at the community in which we live. This is what our faith in Jesus makes possible for us out there in the world. The basic principle required for all of this to happen is that you must become so confident of who you are in Christ That absolutely nothing that comes at you can rob you of your security. This is all of chapter 8 of the book of Romans. The present suffering is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. When we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans that are too deep for words. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. If he did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord look you cannot legislate this into reality You cannot pass enough laws to get people to live like this. Only a group of people who have been transformed by grace, supporting and encouraging one another in a community like this, will ever be able to bring the kingdom of God, which is the world put right, into our moment in time. Look, the opposite of what Paul describes is really not all that hard to achieve. Just be yourself. (laughs) Just do what comes naturally to your old sinful fallen broken self and do it over and over and over again. But please do not be so foolish as to think that we will ever get any different results. If you hate a person who has wronged you or who thinks differently than you do, that person and the devil have won. The only way to defeat evil is to forgive and to love the person. If you identify the evil too closely with the evil doer, you will find yourself needing to destroy the evil doer in order to destroy the evil, and all of a sudden, you are doing evil. You're destroying another person, and then you're calling it good. Good. And in so doing, you become an unwitting pawn in the spread of evil. This is not natural to our fallen, broken, sinful nature. But people, when you and I, by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the support and the encouragement and the exhortation of our brothers and sisters in Christ, seek to forgive and love the person who wronged us by showing kindness instead of vengeance... You interrupt the cycle of escalating evil. You don't let hatred and pride infect you. And who knows, you may even check the spread of evil in the other person. Now, this verse has always sounded a bit weird to me. (laughs) It's from Proverbs. And because I am not an ancient Hebrew, it sounds like Paul is saying that being kind and helpful is actually a way to get even with people who hate you. But I'm pretty sure that can't be since he just said to leave vengeance, leave getting even up to God. So maybe the closest we come to it in English is this notion of killing them with kindness. In other words, the hostile person may actually be led by your kindness to them to rethink the way that they have acted, the way that they have been, and turn away from it. Whew. Are you exhausted yet? <laughs> How In the world, are we ever supposed to achieve such a life? Well, I will tell you that there is one way, and there is only one way, and that is that you always, 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 always have to start with Jesus. Look, whenever you see catalogs of right behavior like this in the Bible, what you have to do is stop and and picture Jesus first. I mean, sometime today, I want you to go back in your Bibles and, and look at these verses, and what you will discover is that they are a perfect description of how Jesus lived his earthly life. And then hanging on the cross, being taunted by his enemies, the man who calmed the storm, healed the lame, made the blind see, raised people from the dead. In other words, the man who has all authority in heaven and on earth, who surely could have come down from the cross and obliterated his mockers, chose instead to say, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. But Jesus took our evil into himself and then he dragged it with him into the grave so that when he rose from the dead he left it there to rot to give you the power to defeat and destroy evil when it comes into your life. I have a new principle that I've added to my list of one other principle, (laughs) that you are free to borrow. Here it is. You ready? Life is complicated. Isn't that profound? See, one of the things that sin has done to us is to turn us into simpletons, We want everything to be easy. We want it to be simple. We want it to be black and white and blindingly obvious. But people, it's not. Life is complicated. As you face difficult people this week and you find yourself with a word, with a look, with an attitude in your heart that wants to wreak a little vengeance... Take a time out, step back, pray this, Lord, I was so much more ugly and belligerent to you than this person has ever been to me. And you were tortured and killed to set me free from escalating this cycle of evil in the world. And Jesus will enable you to do loving deeds even when you don't feel loving. And you know what? The actions of love will produce the feelings of love. If you keep your eyes on Jesus and his love for you as you seek to love anyone, especially those who may hate you or hurt you, your heart will be awakened. And you'll experience the power of life in Christ. Here's the weekly awakening for you to take home today. I'd like you to share with one another how you will seek to show love to your community this week. Whether that's within this community or out there in that community. Share how you will seek to show love to your community this week. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in this true faith, the life everlasting. Amen.